Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. Well, here we are, after the Australian Grand Prix. I'm Claire. <laughs> I'm Diane, and this is She Loves the Grid. And, you know, I feel like I've been through it this last night. You were up all night waiting for the race. I was up till 1230 or 1am watching the race my time. It, I've been through it all. This is as good as it's going to get if you're watching us on YouTube. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and, and those listening, we're probably going to, you know, flubble our words and whatnot because, oh my goodness, if you watched it, you know, it was chaos down under just just like we've named the episode so this is going to be a long one along for the ride because we have a lot to cover we have a lot to cover and we're going to try to go through it quickly at least these first few parts so we can get to the race where a lot happened but a lot was actually happening in australia just in general like craziness but maybe before we get to that how was your week <laughs> well we'll talk about that really quick i was good Busy, busy, uh, planning my trip because I'll be in the States next weekend um, for just a short weekend. So just getting planning for that. So it was uh, just busy with work and got a little chilly. First thunderstorm with lightning since we've been living in Berlin. It's the weirdest oh, wow. thing. So I know we seem to talk about weather each week, but that was <laughs> it was crazy to have like true thunder and lightning. I'm, I'm sure it's normal, but in our short yeah. period of time here, it was interesting. Yeah. How about you? It was, again, another busy week. Um, spring training for baseball in the U.S. Uh, just ended. And so my sister-in-law and I went to a White Sox and Cubs game. And I'm a Sox fan. She's a Cubs fan. And we had this great couple um, come and ask if they could join at our table. And we're like, sure, why not? They're from Kansas City. And I want to say the bottom of the first inning, the Cubs scored four runs. And I made kind of a comment not even that loud, I didn't think, but I was going to go back and look at my F1 stuff. And the lady, her name is Kelly. She said, oh, we're F1 fans. They had been to Monza last year, big fans. Um, the husband, Jacob, is a Max Verstappen fan. So I had to tell me he was killing me because he's a Max Verstappen fan and a Cubs fan. But they have a friend who owns a bar in um, Kansas City, and let me, I wrote down the name so I could say it. It's called Pathlight Brewing. So if you're in the area or you happen to be in Kansas City on a race weekend, they keep the bar open. So they were open until the wee hours of the morning in Kansas City to watch the race. So how fun is that? Like, we, you meet F1 fans wherever you go. Yeah, even the, the game I play, because, you know, gamer. Um, one of the guys I play with, he he is a fan, and where he's at, he can't get it live without paying a fortune. So he yeah. has to watch it kind of delayed. He kept saying, "No spoilers, no spoilers," and I'm just like, uh, speechless is about all I can say right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fans are everywhere in all walks of life. That is for sure. It's a, I think that to me that just shows it's a growing sport. But I thought that was so a lot of fun. So. I think before yeah. we there was a. Uh, some questions about the uh, who owns the over 30,000 Legos. Oh, yes. The one, the self-professed geek and nerd and, and everything. Yeah. So to be a little more accurate, I use a website 
called Reprickable, and I have all my inventory in there of my sets. I'm in over 32,000 bricks just in my sets, but that doesn't count the collections I've gathered of just random packages from yard sales and stuff. So I haven't done a full accounting yet. I'll update That's that one day. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And you know, for me, well, I just got into Lego during the pandemic because there wasn't really anything to do. Even my son growing up never did Lego. And then there's that show um, here in the U.S. Uh, Lego Master. Master. Lego Master. And so I started watching that. And it's just incredible to me. Like with your 30,000 Legos, I would not. Okay. I would probably try to build like a little house, but what people do with that, or they see those Legos and they're like, we can make a giant statue of Liberty or, you know, something along those lines. Like or the full-size McLaren, which we saw, wow. which was amazing. Well, and, and so I will say you have the 30,000 Legos, but we are in the middle of building that McLaren that you posted the life-size version of. We have that. We got it out the other day um, before practice and uh, did it for about an hour and then put it back. So I had to get that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get going. We do have a ton to cover. Starting with uh, just, like you said, Australia in general. Did, uh, did any of this distract them? I mean, there was a lot. There was so much. And I feel like it must be like going to camp for these drivers when they go to Australia. I said last week, I think it's going to be a party down there. I think we need to try to figure out how to get to a race in Australia because yeah. it looks like a good time. And it totally did not disappoint. Um, I think, well, first I'll kind of mention the drivers were doing everything, right? They're golfing, they're surfing. Um, Carlos and Lando did like a helicopter tour. What else were they doing? They were barbecuing. Um, like, there was a little Danny bit of- driving the orange tractor. <laughs> okay, so Danny Rick, boy, oh boy, in my opinion, Red Bull was using the heck out of having Danny Rick as a reserve driver in his home country because- from Monday morning on, videos galore, right? So he's the thing you just referred to, the video you referred to was part of this bigger um, story. And they were using all these other athletes from Australia. And it, you know, the Red Bull car was Danny. There's controversy online if it was Danny or somebody else driving um, with helicopters and dirt bikes and the whole nine yards. But I thought the funniest part was. They had Danny, Danny Rick in a big orange tractor. <laughs> you think that's a little, little dig at McLaren? <laughs> just, just a little bit. Did cause a lot of uh, chatter on the posts on our social media, and there's there's still lots of messages coming back on that one. It's it's amazing how many people I mean, have all the back and forth and opinions and and you it's know friendly I know. I think on our Facebook one, there's. I stopped looking. There was over 5,000 reactions to it. But then in the comments, it just kept going on and on. And same with our TikTok. There's, you know, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of views. And it's like, what in the world? Like, but, you know, yeah, I, I cannot blame. I am loving the social media this year um, for all of F1, the teams and then F1 themselves. Um, but then what else was there? So, there was another video with Daniel um, and it was, for, I think it's for Optus, which must be some sort of mobile phone company down in Australia. 
And he was in disguise. And I think it must have been like a morning radio team was telling him what he needed to say to people when they came in. And if you can go find that video, we won't go in and into it because there's so much other stuff happening, but it is hysterical. He does such a good job. And they told me he had to call phones, vroom, vrooms. And so he could not say the word phone. He had to just, it was so funny. But one thing I thought was pretty cool is Daniel did come out and say that signs are pointing towards getting back to on the grid. And he wants to be back with a top team because he says that's obviously where he feels um, most comfortable. So maybe something's already in the works. Maybe there's already teams that are up there that are like, hey, we're not liking our drivers or combos or, you know, something right now. Maybe rumblings with the Checo and Verstappen and Checo goes somewhere else and he stays with Red Bull. Who knows? There's, I've got some conspiracy stuff around that later. So, yeah. I never know. But speaking of, like, the other thing I thought was interesting in that is Christian Horner in the principal press conference sitting right next to Zach Brown um, was asked about Daniel. And he said that Daniel came back to them with some bad habits, both in the car and out of the car. So... He even, I think, looked at Zach and said, what did you do to him? So driving that car gave maybe Daniel a little PTSD or something like, yeah, (laughs) he's having to undo what he learned at McLaren. So I, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was. And then, um, so we've got the, oh, the special helmets. Those were cool. I keep seeing those all over. They're beautiful. Some of them are just phenomenal. The artwork. I mean, first of all, you know, and I feel like I've said it on here before, I do not have that kind of talent. So when I see that, I'm just like in awe of what happens. But I loved Valtteri's. I love that it was designed by an Aboriginal artist. Um, I loved the meaning behind all of it. So there were like little footprints on it, which was to represent a walk around. There were, I think, different maybe Aboriginal Aboriginal tribe um, things, you know, what's the right word? Symbols on it. Um, It was beautiful. And then Joe, he, that guy's got style like crazy. Um, and then Oscar for his home race had a special, uh, Melbourne helmet, uh, Aussie helmet, I guess, but yeah, very, very cool. I love the special helmets. I, I geek out over that stuff. <laughs> well, like you said, there's a lot of stuff with Aussie, right? They, okay. I love that you marked out like, uh, the, the mullet. I <laughs> <laughs> got that picture of the children walking into and like Aussie gear was like shorts and tanks and flip flops, but that hair, like, I, I just want to. Yeah, the hair and the mustache and just the um, I, I don't, I, mm. <laughs> it's I not think a good it's, look, but it's an acquired taste. I don't know, <laughs> like, that's all I can say. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an acquired taste. I, I don't get it, Joe doesn't get it either. Um, he, he said it, it's not really, he doesn't understand it, but. I think, you know, for, again, Valtteri being kind of an honorary Aussie, he was all over the place. And we talked about some of the stuff he was doing with his gin and food pairings. And then he did a bike um, race, not race. um, A bunch of people were able to come and join him for a bike ride with him and his girlfriend, um, who's an Olympic cyclist. And I mean, they had a lot of stuff going on. So, I mean, more power to him. He was really out there 
um, yeah, rocking his looks and living his best Aussie life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of the other stuff already we were covering that people were doing, but I, I, I'm glad you talked about Oscar's grandmother's cookies. <gasps> I, yeah. I love that picture. I'm Oscar's grandma. I just oh, think that is so cute. And there was, so if you didn't see the photo, there's a picture obviously in their um, McLaren's, I don't know, maybe in their hospitality area with a table and these cookies and a little tent table sign that says homemade by Oscar's grandma. <laughs> They're so cute. They're the sweetest. Darling. Oh, I love Oscar's grandma already. We never even saw her face, but I love her. <laughs> that was awesome. And then, then all the added stuff that I, I didn't realize being new to it. This was the first year that um, F2 and F3 were there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really realize that either, but it was brand new for them. Um, I didn't really follow a lot of the races, but I think there was a lot of drama in those races as well. Um, but that's kind of fun because one thing they were saying for the rookies that are in F1 this year is they've never raced at Albert Park. So it was a brand new track for them. So at least these drivers are getting some some experience on the track. Well, and they had to race in between um, the, the the practice and the qualifying and before, you know, the actual F1 race. And so they yeah. were racing during the rain. They had a lot of that weather. Oh, yikes. Yeah. They had some of the weather to deal with. So that, that that's interesting. So um, that's really interesting. <laughs> and then we saw changes, the, the grid box, which I thought was interesting. And I, I tried to find pictures to zoom in on the commentators were talking about, you know, I, maybe they were just trying to be a little like cheeky about it, about having dotted lines with smiley faces. Cause I didn't see that, but they, they said something like that in, in the, <laughs> you know, when they were talking about the new grid box being, making it wider, but then they were also talking about, well, there's still the fact that the tires, which we didn't mention this in our tire segment, that they don't sit, you know, straight up, they sit in at an angle too. So that's right. probably which makes it really difficult for the drivers to line up. If you're trying to line the top of your tire, your bottom sticks out. So maybe this will help. Yes. Yeah. I, and I think even, you know, pulling in some of the drivers were complaining saying, you know, with these new cars, we can't, we can't see the front of our car, the halo, everything else is like really preventing us from seeing. So yeah, now they made it wider. I think it's 20 centimeters wider. And then they added these yellow, at least in Albert Park, they added these yellow like lines that go um, horizontally out from um, the white line. So hopefully it acts as a guide to guide them right in. But we didn't see any penalties for that. Believe others, but not for that one. <laughs> but there's controversy about that when we get to the race because there are some people that swear that Max Max's car in one of the restarts was over the line. Um, he said he was right at the limit, um, and he said that's not that's not breaking the rules. <laughs> so, yeah, controversy galore. Um, what else? Oh, this was somewhat controversial. Maybe not controversy is right, the right word, but Stefano, um, the race director was saying he would like to get rid of free practices. Um, he doesn't think that fans like them, um, was one of the quotes that I heard about it, which I mean, for me, I, I love that. Like if I'm going to a race, I want to see the, the cars on track as much as possible. So yeah, I love it. Like, what fans does he ask? Like, has he asked the fans? Like, I, 
I enjoy it. I mean, that extra day to be able to spend and spend the whole weekend and experience it more. Some people, it's a once in a lifetime experience, you know? And, exactly. You know, yeah. And, and I don't know why he's not asking that. And to me, for the drivers, that. especially the rookies, it, it helps out getting to know the track, getting to know the car, getting to test out some things before you get out there. Um, yeah. I, I, I find it. I find it interesting and I would prefer it, you know? Yeah, I, I prefer it. And I think the engineers, like you said, the rookies, if you, if it's, there's new changes to the track, um, you know, the engineers, they obviously want as much data as they possibly can, but also like for the um, prices that we're paying for tickets nowadays, like do not cut a day out of my, out of my race ticket because I don't think that happens that much to accommodate. <laughs> yeah, prices need to go down if, if that's the case. Um, and then what else? Oh, the other thing, I really did not like this very much. I was, I was actually, this ticked me off, but they are now going to be enforcing a rule that was already in place, but they're going to be enforcing no pit wall celebration. So you cannot um, climb the pit wall after your driver has come through and cheer for them. I think that's like one of the most iconic things about racing. Like when I think of racing and the, you know, it's the, the either crashes and then there's the, you know, the checkered flag, but that, that you see that in movies and it's kind of like a memory, like a collective memory. Think of like the, waving it down and hanging out through that and yeah maybe i don't know is it safety or is it just like why so i think it was safety because i posted one photo on our account which was aston martin kind of like they were kind of over the top but there were other photos um where they weren't obviously the only team and there were some people that were kind of like not necessarily behind the fence or even above where a car might not get you but they were kind of like, you know, coming through the fence, if you will. And it didn't necessarily look safe, but then, you know, maybe just give a warning. I think some of the most iconic photos are those photos after the race. When your driver has either won or is on the podium and maybe, you know, they're not up there every weekend, like those are iconic. So and it's exciting. Why? Yeah. It's like set some rules around it, like how far they can go or yeah, it's the limits, but yeah, that's it, taking some of the the special like history and and you know ambiance to it all out. I think. Yeah, but, and they're taking yeah. away fun stuff. Like you know, they took a, you can't ride a bike on a track walk now. Now you can't do this. It's like, but these are things that the fans do enjoy seeing. And so, stop being a buzzkill. That's my <laughs> that's my whole thing. Well, on the positive side, so we're looking at this kind of too just when we get to the end, looking at some of the stats of number of teams and racers and whatnot, there's applications for two more teams. Cause I guess the Concord agreement, there's a maximum of 12 that they can be allowed. We only yeah. have 10. So two potential more teams, I think for 2025. Or 2026. Somewhere around in there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it might be 2026, but um, we, I mean, we know Andretti has been trying to get in and there's, there's been a lot of talk about this. I, some of the, um, especially I think Gunter has been very vocal about like why, you know, is it going to, you know, take away money from the other teams that teams need to, to do better, to make their cars better. Um, but it came out this week that there is another person, I don't know who it is, so I'm sorry, but they're putting in an application where the teams would be 50-50. 
50% women, 50% men. They'd have one male driver and one female driver. For every role that a man filled, you know, in the garage, there would be a female doing the exact same role. So I love that. I mean, I'm all about the F1 Academy. I'm super excited about seeing women progress in F1 and, and just progressing in motorsports. And I, I love their concept of it. Um, we'll see what happens, but. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. And, you know, just getting it implemented and, and whatnot will be interesting. Definitely have to be in a country that can, would allow that, not have rules against that and all that. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, and that, it brings, you mentioned F1 Academy. So there's mm -hmm. some races in 2024 that are aligning with F1 calendar. Yeah, I think that was a huge um, move by F1. I, I think that was one of the positive moves that came out this week was was announcing that the F1 Academy is going to be on the same race calendar as F1. I don't believe that they're going to be at every single race. Um, I would love to try to get to a race that where they are going to be on that weekend. Um, but it's a great way to increase you know, to, well, to promote them, basically. I think that's going to be wonder, great for the sport. That's one way to try to sneak in getting rid of practice to add in more time for that or like just expand the standard. It'll be interesting. Maybe. I think it'll be great. But their, their inaugural season starts, oh, it's actually April. I was going to say in April. It is April. Um, so they'll be racing at, is it the Red Bull Ring, I think, so... We'll talk a little bit about that when it comes around. Yes, it's time. We're like 20 minutes in, and uh, like I said, it's going to be a long one, folks. So stick yeah. it out. There's a lot. I know. I feel like even before the race, I was telling you yesterday, um, this is going to be a long one. And then the race happened. And, and then, then the race happened. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do practice. And there was a couple things I know I want to talk about in practice. Let's start with you. Mine's all about Perez. I, I just, I. Go for it. Talk about Perez. Well, you know, FP1, FP2, he was looking good. He was looking great. And I was thinking, oh, like my predictions this week, I, I don't want to have to put two Red Bulls in there, but he's looking really good and whatnot. And then the next day comes around. I'm having to get my day straight because, you know, it's day there, night here and all that. But um, and then that FP3, like he just, how many times did he run off and end up in the gravel? And and he kept talking about brakes and whatnot. But what was interesting is before he went out, his car was still in the garage. And the commentators were like, what are they working on? Is it the is it the the roll bar or is it the roll, you know, safety roll bar? What is it? And I'm like, but they're like up underneath the back of it and they're doing things. And he kept talking about some issues. He was pulling, there was a talk about some of it was coming from the rear, you know, yeah. could it be the down source? There's all these different speculations of what was going on now. A good conspiracy theorist would say, hmm, what was screwed up on the car that just, just took him out and maybe it went out too far and didn't expect to do that badly. And, you know, then he ended up in, in P20. So it, it just yeah. blew my mind that because, you know, FP3 and qualifying out of line that he just couldn't do anything. And, and that's not yeah. that's not Checo. Checo is so much better than that. It's totally yeah. the car. And like, yeah. what changed between... Day one and day two, the car just mm -hmm. that drastically. Because other than they really yeah, if you follow your conspiracy theories, you know, which there's plenty of them online <laughs> as well. But you know, Checo winning 
you know, a race and doing so well. And then he was doing well in the first day of practice. And well, I mean, he was off a little bit here and there, I think in FP one too, but you know, maybe there's just a little, little tinkering, but he was, you're right. He was in FP three, the first 15 minutes, at least he was in the pits while they were working on his car. So he wasn't even out there the whole time, maybe 45 minutes at max um, was his thing. The one thing I would say from practice, and I thought this was pretty cool, but in FP2, we had that really cloudy and rainy day. And all I kept thinking was, I hope everybody who listened to our podcast last week is, you know, paying attention because we got a masterclass in tires. I think almost everything that we talked about in our grid basic segment last um, podcast, and if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it because you would have seen it all in action. Plan that any better? Like, oh my gosh, we talked about the tires, and then you get to still see the rainbow of tires. You get to see, you know, the, well, there's other green intermediates. I don't think anyone pulled out the blue wets, but no, um, just the definitely green. the green intermediates. It'd be interesting to know um, if the FTP two uh, or the F two or F three races oh. ended up because they had the rain and whatnot. That would that would be interesting to see. But yeah, That's it was really fascinating to see that. You go, oh my gosh, there's the colors and. They're talking about the different tires and then the use of the hard, soft, and um, the intermediates throughout the race. It was, it was really, they, they were really, it was much a hell, uh, it was really interesting the strategy around it. And there was even a post mm -hmm. of probably talking about what they were recommending. And because the, the temperature changed, so they practiced in a kind of a cooler day, it was rainy. And then we get to race day and it was sunshiny and warmer. So, it was, yep fascinating across all, all three days. Yep. I, I thought it was great. So if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to that one. It will help you in future races, like have an understanding of why they were choosing the hards and why, you know, maybe at lap eight or seven, they were all bolting on the hards thinking we're running this the rest of the 50 laps that are remaining. So it will definitely teach you a lot about what they're doing and why. So I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> just to know, I mean, it's during the race, but this doesn't affect what we're going to say. One of the stops, uh, they've got a video of uh, Alonzo pushing his tires along on the car, yeah, which I thought was so cute. I'm like, I wonder which ones those are. <laughs> <laughs> they keep those under wrap. All right, Quali. Quali was actually really good. Really, really good. Um, so Q1. I think it, so Q1 um, is only 18 minutes. And again, we have a grid basics on how qualifying works in one of our previous podcasts. So go listen to it if you haven't. Um, but it's only 18 minutes. And I want to say it was a good five minutes before any of the big teams came out on track. The Mercedes, the Ferraris, the Red Bulls, they all just sat in the, in the pits for at least the first five minutes. So I feel like they thought it was going to be um, pretty good, but what was the biggest thing you kind of mentioned it, Claire? Like in Q1, what happened to Perez? He was just all over the place, and it just and then he was out, and you're like, how how is he out? I mean, the people who were out, you know, it just it just yeah. was kind of unexpected. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess rookies you might expect, but I, I didn't expect like Botas. I didn't expect him to be out. Um, it just yeah. I, I, Expect a little more on a sergeant. I mean, they were kind of pushing it there at the end. Um, but it was interesting is that uh, I, I think it was 
we already started seeing some rumblings about different things, uh, some of the different bigger players about their cars during that their, that time too, I think. so. Yeah, I think we did. But I think just like last race, Max getting out in Q2 with his, I think his engine stopped. Like I'm still, my brain is so full from the race yesterday. Um, But I think it was another shock two weeks in a row for Red Bull, like Perez locking up, beaching himself, bringing out a red flag and he's out in Q1. Right. And like you said, all the stuff that was happening to his car in FP3 earlier that day, his radio message back, like to me, that was one of the things that really stood out because he was so frustrated, so frustrated. Like we need to figure this out. Something is going on with, it's the same effing issue as before. Like you could hear it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It, it was, uh, and he seemed to be even. I failed mentioned that during the FP3, he seemed to really be hovering and paying attention to what they were doing too. So there's something going up. Something was something up for sure. Um, but on the good side, we had Albon who finished eighth in Q1. Ocon was in fourth. So obviously, both of those were through to Q2. Both Hosses and both Alpha Tauris were through to Q2. But out in Q1 was Perez, obviously. You mentioned it. Botas, Piastri, Joe, and Sargent. So um, don't know what's happening with Botas, but, you know, he was out there. So then Q2 comes along. um, And let's see what, what happened. We had Norris. He was really, really trying this. I mean, not saying he wasn't trying in all the other races, but he was really yeah. doing well. But I think he was pushing so hard to try to get into Q3. Um, he hit a curb, slowed him down, got yeah. make it out. That was sad. Uh, I, I did too. And it, it was, uh, I was, I was kind of surprised by Magnuson. I thought he was going to do better. Um too. Definitely Welkenberg is is doing, especially in qualifying, he's outperforming Magnuson. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Ocon, I mean, Ocon was close. You know, he he did pretty close. Um, He was seven one thousandths of a second off of Albon. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That was was absolutely crazy. crazy. I just felt like, oh, go ahead. Well, from from Hulkenberg, yeah, from that first from Alma, but from Hulkenberg from tenth, and that yeah, he was uh, yeah, he was, he was right, seven thousand. It's crazy that that little bit is so close, so it's close, so close. But I think you know what was driving me nuts, and and I always get like nervous for the drivers because you don't know what's going to happen. And they thought, you know, I can't remember, but I think in Q two, um, or maybe it was Q three. I don't know. There was a little bit of a threat of rain. And so my, my thing is like, get out there and get a time on the board, right? You only have so much time. So get out there and get a time on the board. And both Alpines, they were the last cars um, in that section to put times on the board. And it seemed like they were kind of struggling, right? So they were kind of like hovering right around the cutoff bubble until like right at the last second that Pierre jumped up and then Ocon narrowly missed. But still like, I guess now. I guess there's some strategy in how much time is in the qualifying round, how much time it takes to warm up the tires to get the, the highest speed, how much you want to wait to see how well others are performing who think they gave their best speed and might go into the pit and sit and wait while their tires are 
cooling a little bit, right? Yeah. There's only so much teams to do to keep the tires warm when they're not in use. And then there's, again, all that strategy and making the right decision and then busting out there and trying to get it at the end. So, but you never know. You could spend, I don't know, I think if I could spend the full time getting super something super fast at the start, but then, you know, then the whole group has something to work for, you know, it's, it's a balance of strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Albon went into Q3. So that's the first time that he's done that since Belgium last year. Um, and then Yuki, poor Yuki. So I don't know if anybody saw this video. I will try to find it. Um, but he had gone, I think he was going into the pits and got pulled because it's, it's random, um, got pulled to have his car weighed. And he was so frustrated. And if you know Yuki, Yuki does not hide his emotions. He's, he's kind of sometimes, you know, a little hot headed, but I, I love Yuki. I think he's a national treasure, but um, he was, his hand movements were, he was so mad because he could not get the car right where they wanted it on the scale. And he's hands are up in the air and he's just, you know, telling him <laughs> all over the place. Oh, poor Yuki. But he was ticked because then he couldn't go back out and do another lap. And so that may or may not have been the reason he didn't make it into Q3. But out in Q2, we had Sonoda, DeVries, Magnuson, Norris, and Ocon. And then it was Q3. He may or may not have, you know, connected with Yuki because that would be you totally in that car. That's exactly how you would You know it. That may or may not be me at stoplights sometimes. <laughs> think about big big van claire thinking she was gonna have to protect us from being attacked because you yeah because mm-hmm. yeah. you your temper with people at stoplights yeah <laughs> it's not at the stoplight it's what happens before the stoplight i'm just saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay anyways what do we have? Oh, and so then we had the the times. The times were super close there at the end. I was looking at the Q3 just from the top down, you know, quick math. It was like point, it was a point five or just, uh, I've got to do math now. Um, yeah, yeah, right point oh five or point oh six between Russell and George, you know, George and Max. And then, you know, point one four, I think, for the next one, and then another point oh five. It was either between point oh five, point oh six, to point one four seconds between each of them in the first several slots. It was amazing how close they were going back and forth of yeah. you know, fastest lap. We saw that a few times in a few sections of the race too. Fastest lap kept popping around between different drivers. It, it was it was a fast race. It it really was, which we knew it was going to be. But oh my goodness, I think that was it. Just made it more exciting. And you and I, I think we're texting at that point, and it was like one person jumped to the top of the Q three leaderboard, and then two seconds later, somebody or not even that, like instantaneously, there's somebody else is up there. Somebody else is up there, and then obviously right at the very end, Max jumps up and he's at half a second <laughs> ahead of whoever was in second at that point, but. Yeah, that was crazy. But then, I mean, then you have George and Lewis who finished second and third. So George is starting on the front row for the race. Lewis is in the row right behind him. I secretly was saying to my dogs, like, I hope this shuts up Mercedes um, and I don't have to hear any more of the we're so bad. Um, But then I started thinking, do you think they were just sandbagging us this whole time? I mean, not doing poorly in the other races, but 
you know, like, oh, we're so bad. But secretly, they knew they were getting it together. They probably knew they were getting it together. I think they were kind of being a little more melodramatic to not lose fans. You know, oh, we know it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's it, controversy creates, you know, the more people to come. I mean, you see the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, all that kind of stuff, all those adages. So it just got more, you know, attention to them. So, all right, yeah. well, we are 35 minutes in. We haven't even gotten to the race. And the okay. race is, holy cow. I mean, <laughs> I know I'm new to this, but I, this is, I don't think there's ever been anything this chaotic. You could tell by the commentators, you could tell by all the post-race stuff that everyone's just like blown away. There's, there's all of first time ever's and, and not always on the good side. It, it was just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And I think I was thinking it was going to be, you know, a good race, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. I mean, we, with this race, we're, well, with Australia, historically, you don't expect a lot of overtaking and stuff. Well, I don't think that was accurate, this go-around. And, I mean, oh, my God. I don't even know yeah, where to begin. Like you said, I was, <laughs> I was having to stay up all night, and I got yeah. – I don't think Alex got comfortable, fell asleep, unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> this the first couple of laps, woke up, and like, what happened? There's already – we've already had a, 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 a safety car, and, and we're missing a driver – what happened? <laughs> You're like, I fell asleep for two minutes. It's like over the third lap. What, what the heck happened? <laughs> what an awful way to wake up. It was, it was insane. So we know we're in, normally you, if you guys are following us and you're listening to our podcast, we kind of go through and we talk about the teams and how, you know, races, un, you know, unfolded by team. But with this race, we have to go lap by lap basically. And we're, it's not going to take as long as the actual race did because <laughs> there, there was a lot of waiting. So we're going to go through this. So we're going to start at the beginning. So we know that, uh, well, when yesterday evening, Valtteri, for me in the evening, Valtteri, um, it was announced was going to be starting from the pits because he made some changes to his suspension components while the car was still in park for me which is a big no-no. Like when, when the cars are in park for me, you, you're not touching them. It's means closed park in French and that's a no-no. So he had to start from the pits. And then Perez also started from the pits um, because he made some changes to his power unit components. So for him, may as well, he was starting in 20th place anyway. So why not change some things up a little bit? Just my two cents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and he was a third, yeah, that's the third time. So that's why he had to take that. That was the way yeah. he got the serve the penalty on that one. So um, exactly. But it was a great start. Like Max is always so good off the start, but Russell got him. He beat him. And he not only, I thought like instantly like got past Max, got away from him, but he was actually putting some distance in between the two of them, like really, really quickly. Oh, yeah. It was, and then, crazy. Was like, like, no joy. and then you've got Max on the radio complaining that, you know, he had the apex and he got pushed off the track and with Lewis, all that yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was an exciting first lap or that, that, but that first start off, um, you know, and, and then of course we, had an issue, which ended up being that turn ended up being an issue multiple times. Yeah. Um, Leclerc, he turned, yeah. well, yeah, he, 
So in turn three, lap one, so we're not even that far into the lap, Leclerc turns into stroll a little bit and ends up beaching his own car. They show the video. He like went up, kind of almost up and over, and then craziness. I couldn't believe it. Like you just don't think that Charles Leclerc's race days could get any worse, and then it does. <laughs> yeah, Last race, he had the penalty that set himself right back in, in the grid. And now here, yep. he's out. He's out in lap one. Yeah. Turn, not like turn three of lap one. It wasn't even like he got halfway around. He just was right there. Um, but at that point, so yellow uh, safety car comes out, right? And so Perez, and I think it was one of the Williams um, cars. I might be wrong. But they both came in for um, hard tires. And the presumption was like, okay, they're going to keep those tires for the rest of the race. But then we're back to racing. Well, so lap like one, five drivers pitted. Ocon, Zoe, oh. Logan, Perez, and Botas. All five okay. in lap one. And then in lap two, um, Sargent, um, it showed him come through again, and Perez or Marquez in lap two. Maybe they were just in... They started in one and came out in two, so it's just the way it's showing up. Yeah, but it shows actually a second stop for them during lap two. Okay, so after that lap, and we were trying to figure out if it was like lap, so the cars restarted lap four, right? So it had to have been five or six, and Russell was on the radio, and I don't know, Claire, if you want to read because you found the full. Um, Quote, but I thought it was so interesting because I'm like, are we going to have team drama again? Yeah, he says, you're asking me to manage my pace and I'm being attacked by my own teammate. And a little bit later, he said, Marcus, I'm happy to push. There's no problem. But don't tell me to manage when Lewis is going to push. Our fight is with Max. Um, yep. so it, it, it's just interesting. The 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 dynamics so, there. But I totally get it because at that point. Mercedes were running one and two. Um, George was out in front. Then it was Lewis and Max was really pushing up on Lewis big time. And so Lewis had to push up on, um, on George, but you know, George is like, you told me to manage my tires and now my teammate is attacking me. Like what's going on. So I don't know if he couldn't see what was happening behind Lewis or, you know, what was happening, but also like the faster cars should go. Lewis is just trying to make sure that he's holding off Max. But mm -hmm. I thought, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> We're going to have more, more team drama, but that didn't really come to fruition the rest of the race. <laughs> and then in lap seven, oh. Alan Blue, uh, Albon crashes, right? Yep. Um, Albon uh, crashed in lap seven. So that was just pure driver error. He oversteered that going into that turn and then he crashed into the wall. And that was, I mean, he, you know, hit the gravel, hit the wall, which looked pretty not great. Like it was yeah. not, a, I mean, crashes are never at that speed soft, but it, when I saw the replay, I thought, wow, that looks worse than I thought it was. The gravel um, went everywhere. It, he bounced back out into the middle of the track, but he, he really quickly tried to get his car off, which was, you yeah. know, cool. I mean, I'm sure trained to do that. But the gravel was everywhere. It was interesting, the commentators, when it was in yellow, 
uh, were shocked when it went to red. Like, oh, I guess it's because of the cleaning of the track. But then you could see when they were showing out that area, there was a ton of people out there that is, yeah. you know, a street sweeper and, you know, really trying to clean that up. And, and you can understand, I mean, those tires, yeah. they're they're not meant to go over gravel, right? I mean, right. They're, they're slick and they don't have, that, that would just make it worse. Could you imagine what have happened? No, no. Not at all. And, and you could see, like, I think there were some drivers that were kind of like, why is it going to a red flag? But if they could have seen what the track looked like, I thought it was a lot of gravel and debris out, out there. So just, it's worth it to, to me, I would think, to take the time. Um, there, was a, there was a mix-up during that time, though, right? Because during the yellow, during the, during the safety card, they sent Russell in to get his tires and then he comes out and then the red car happens. And now he went, went, went from first to seventh, I think at that point. Yes, he went to seventh and the same thing happened to signs. So both of the, the Ferrari and um, Mercedes pulled in Russell and signs and thinking, okay, it's a um, safety car. We're going to take this opportunity. And like you just said, then the red flag comes out and everybody comes in and <laughs> changes to the hard time. Magnuson fitted at seven also. Oh, he did. And then, yeah. And then everybody's a fit on eight. Okay. Okay. That is interesting because I didn't know Magnuson had gone in also. But like Signs and Russell were both running towards the front. And so I think, you know, I mean, you, you've got to take that chance. But like when um, Russell went in, Lewis was not happy because he's on his radio saying, you know, now I'm at a disadvantage, you know because Russell went in and, and Lewis felt like his tires, he was up in the front at that point, he was running first. And he's like, now I, I'm at a disadvantage. Um, but then once the red flag came out, poor he Toto had to handle George. <laughs> yep, can't do that. Yeah, it, it was it was really interesting. And uh, you know, this is the first race I've seen with a red flag. So to see, it's like, I didn't expect everyone to get out of the cars and just chill in and, yeah. You know, and then, and then, you know, I just out the fit, like out and then there's, the, you know, all the different uh, teams have to run all their stuff over to them because they're not in the right order. I mean, they're the order that they were in the race, but not where they are in the pits. It's just, yeah, manage chaos. <laughs> it is managed chaos. And that is one of the rules is when there's a red flag, they have to line up. And so, like you said, everybody, you know, the teams are bringing all the equipment, the tires, everything else. Um, to the actual pit lane um, where they are. But Toto, um, because everybody was in at that point because of the red flag, George moved down to seven. Um, Carlos was down to 11. But Toto did tell George, like, sorry, like that screwed us. It screwed us big time. And I think because also we were not expecting a lot of overtaking on this track, they just figured, well, you were in first, buddy, but now you're in seventh, and there's not much we can do about it. <laughs> um, but when they came back out, he really was starting to kind of work his way up a little bit. I think he had at least passed one one car. So, and, and then we almost had. Well, I thought it was almost going to be a wreck, but then all of a sudden the car starts slowing down and bunching up. It's like, yes. whoa, let's not have another wreck. Oh my gosh. <sighs> and and. For me, this is a huge pet peeve. I hate when they do this in um, qualifying, in practice, where right as they're <clears throat> coming out of the last turn to the um, to the starting, you know, point, they start to slow down because they they want to be able to like 
rush that and warm up those tires. And I don't know who started it. I think it was somebody in the mid, you know, in that mid pack at some point. And I'm like, what is going on? All these other cars are coming around and somebody had to go off. I don't remember who it was, but cars were like slamming on their brakes. So going to the right, to the left. And it was almost like they were just going straight across the track. There was nowhere for these other cars to go. It's so dangerous. And oh, that just drove me nuts. So, so dangerous. Um, but then on the restart, <laughs> once they finally did get them back to the grid, uh, Lewis, amazing start. He was able yeah. to get away from Max so quickly. And Max, like I said earlier, he's really good on those starts. So I don't know what was going on, but it was an awesome start for um, for Lewis on that. Amazing. It was. It was. It was did really good. So that, yeah. that was awesome. And so did pretty good. And then um, was it 12? Yeah, he got past Lewis. So he was getting out there and get a, a good lead on him pretty quickly, which was a little disappointing. Um, <laughs> it was. It just it just got worse from there. I think the max lead he had over Lewis was 10 seconds. 10, 10 seconds. Yeah. Until he went through the, the grass at one point, it dropped you down to eight. So yeah, 10 seconds. Yeah. And then lap uh, 17. That was just like poor Russell. I you know, he's to start out and you know, P two and then you end the race in seven, you know, at, at lap seventeen because your car catches fire, like your engine is fired out. It's just I mean it's a scary situation to begin with, but just all of a sudden, boom, yeah. he's gone. I mean that one luckily was just a virtual safety car, so we didn't have a whole another another stop and another <laughs> <laughs> which was good, but I mean, it just was not George's day. I mean, he started off so good and it was just like the universe was telling him not today, buddy, not today. It's just not, not going to happen. <laughs> Poor guy. I felt bad for him. And then I felt bad for Yuki because he had been doing so well and he'd been in the points up until this point. And then all of a sudden he just starts falling out of the top 10 and it's like Piastri goes by him. Then K-Mag goes by him. Then Joe goes by him. And I think he was down in 13th or 14th place. Like, poor guy. I just felt bad for him because he's trying so hard <laughs> to get points. But not so much at that point. In and then and Perez was like, was puffing it, man. He was just like jamming up the, the line. It was, he was doing yeah. great coming up to the 20th. It was just amazing how well he was doing. Um, during that period of... Uh, you know, you were saying something earlier about Hamilton talking about like that he didn't get to pit at seven and it was going to be a disadvantage because of his tires. And then he still did anyway, you know, yeah. in the, the, the red. And then I got grabbed a couple of quotes that at 25, he starts complaining about his tires. He said, you know, I don't feel it'll go all the way. He said his tires. And then at 33, um, Bono, uh, that was Bono or Bono says, you know, he's trying to push you to use your tires. Don't fall for it. You know, so <laughs> It's like this whole thing about his tires. And I think you said that's kind of a, a common thing for him. So I, I think he does tend to complain about his tires quite a bit. Um, but it was kind of interesting in the post-race um, press conference. They were talking about that. So it's it's the three people that are on the podium that are in this. And, and Lewis said, yeah, he he felt like his tires were opening up. But he also was noticing Fernando would push and be right up on him. And then he... Fernando would fall back and then a few seconds later he'd push again and then fall back. And that's exactly what his engineer said is we think he's messing with you. 
you know, don't, don't fall for it. Um, and then Lewis did admit in the press conference, yeah, the tires ended up being fine, but <laughs> that's Fernando. And it's recorded forever for you, Lewis. It's always out there. Um, <laughs> but then, oh, and we noted that Lando was having a really good day. So that was. He was. You know, he really did. He did. But then lap 54. <laughs> when that first happened live, it was just like. Did his yeah. tires just explode? Because you didn't see how it happened. You just yeah. saw the aftermath. Yeah. There was like, no tire. Yeah. Where did this tire come from? Here's his wheel. And he's coming off. And then when they show it happened, it's like, driver error? Was there a problem with the car? Did you really just come out of that so fast that you just right into the wall? And yeah. when the tire goes flying, the car is coming up behind him to dodge the tire. And all of that was just amazing. It was I think I panicked. <laughs> I would have panicked. I would have panicked. I don't want to see something flying at me. But yeah, I mean, like you said, on the uh, race on the TV, all you saw all of a sudden was that he only had three tires. And it's just his, what do you call that? Rim? Rim? I don't even know. Like yeah. just the wheel. Part that holds the tire. And um, I'm very, very technical when it comes to my <laughs> car. <laughs> car it's the part that holds the tire. Um, but like you said, it was kind of like, well, what the heck happened? And sure enough, he just turned into the wall, hit the wall, tire fell off, and his rear suspension ended up breaking, and the tire's sitting in the middle of the road. So, so <laughs> and, comes out. and thus begins the end, the beginning of the end, I guess I should say. Four of what fifty-eight lap race. So yeah. safety curves comes out. We go into the to the pit. So we know the next lap fifty-five is going to be behind the safety car to line them up, right? Yeah. And yep. and the commentators even said, you know, at this point Russell is out. You know, Leclerc had spun off the first lap. Albon has spun out in early stages, um, running as high as six. There's three leaders, three safety cars, one virtual safety car, two red flags, and it's not even breakfast time for most of the Europeans, right? <laughs> they're going, yeah, or sleepy time too. <laughs> and I'm like, what was funny. I started to fall asleep. Like I was starting to nod off probably around lap 50, 52. And boy, 54 woke me right back up. <laughs> and then I couldn't go to sleep. But then when they well, saw for 10 minutes, you're like, can we just get this on? I was awake. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. There's like four laps. Come on. We're almost done. We're so close. But what I thought was super interesting is to hear the radio messages from um, Max and Fernando's engineers. So they, you know, get on the radio and, and Max's engineer tells him, you know, there's a red flag and he's like, what? And then Fernando's engineer says red flag. And he's, he says, why? Like what? Why? I don't, I don't understand. So Lewis gets the same message, but his is a little different because he's like all calm. And he's like, will they do a restart? And his engineer says, well, I'm guessing they will. And I said to um, my partner, you know what Lewis is thinking? So you saying there's a chance. Well, that 10 second lead is now gone because you're going to all have to come out together yeah that's right and i beat you off the line the last time so i could probably do it again so all all i thought is like this is what's going through lewis's head 
There's a chance. Yeah. I got a There's chance. A chance. That's There's all a chance. I you just got to get out, keep it ahead for like three laps, and then we're, we got it. Yeah. And, and I was yeah. kind of thinking the same thing, too. It's like they're going to all be up there. There's a chance for them to just overtake Max and yeah. make a change. I, I thought there was, you know. And then they, 56, that counts as the one out. They get all lined up. Yeah. We, get, we get the beep, 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 like so many times in this race. It's crazy. <laughs> there and they they go go out and then <clears throat> chaos again. Again. So here's one of the things like I learned from the commentators um, is in the past, they used to have a later start time for Australia. But as it got towards the end of the race, the drivers were complaining because on turn one and turn three, the sun is like, right in their face and because of all the delays in the race that's what was happening they had moved last year i think it was moved the race an hour earlier but this year because of the delays the sun at turn one right in their eyes but it was pure chaos ghastly drifting into ocon they're gone sergeant plowing into the back of debris they're gone carlos hits alonzo that sets the whole thing in motion. <laughs> that's how it started. Yeah. And that's how it started. It just, um, that's, that was crazy. It's so sad. Perez is in the trap in the gravel, just trying to get away from all the issues on track. Um, I mean, absolute chaos. I mean, <laughs> there's just no other word for it. Um, but I know we mentioned this in one of the, maybe the first race. It's hard to think that we're only three races in because it seems like between last the last race in this race, there is so much drama. We, it, it's crazy. It to me, it's insane. But of course, Fernando is immediately on the radio with his engineer breaking down how the race should restart, which I think again is like his experience, his knowledge, that whole like presence of mind to be focusing on driving because remember he just spun he just crazy first turn and he got hit he's focusing on driving he's focusing on strategy he's telling his engineer what needs to be happening it just blows my mind absolutely yeah and you could tell he wasn't too concerned because he knew the rules he knew he knew that this is where it's at when it came down to the way they were lined up was because they hadn't finished um, the, the first segment, right? They didn't get through the first segment because they didn't get through the first segment. The rules and there's precedents from other races that they had to go back to the starting grid. Well, starting grid of the last restart <laughs> and line them up. So it's really fascinating watching them just move all the cars around in the pit, you know, and move everybody back in space, which meant he would be back in third. And because the next lap was lap 58, the last lap. They were going to end the race on the safety car. Like they, they did a rolling start, but they still were, they, there's no passing. You can't pass on that, right? So it was nope. in that. So nope. I thought there was going to be another racket during that too. <laughs> they almost, because it was like around that corner, there was like some stuff that happened. But yeah, it was all the, the stuff that was happening in between in that last yeah. Red, red flag and the because you know there was lots of controversy and talk about how it was going to happen how it was going to line up and then science was told you know that before they even went out that he was getting the five second penalty and you can and just he was one of the only drivers i think to stay in his car a lot of them got out like lewis was totally checking out 
one of the Red Bulls, I don't know who it was, like looking under the back of the car, he's walking around. Um, but yeah, he was in his car. And, you know, I don't think it's a surprise for people who listen. I am a Ferrari fan. Signs is my favorite driver. And it was absolutely heartbreaking. So we were actually on the phone at this point um, because, you know, there was 10 minutes until <laughs> they were going to go back out on track. And he, at that point they were showing him and you could see him in his car and the body language. Like at that point, we had not heard the audio. And I think I said to you at that point, like, I've never seen him like that. He is really upset right now. And then you hear all of the audio and Which I, I think we should play it because it was, it's emotional. Yeah, it, it is. And so this is F1 put this out and this is from, you know, F1, uh, with the, the audio and, and you can read it and whatnot. And it's just, oops. No, it cannot be, Ricky. Do I deserve to be out of the points? No, no, yeah. it's unacceptable. Tell them it is unacceptable. They need to wait until the race is finished and discuss with me. Okay. No, please, ask them, please, 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 please to wait, to wait and discuss with me. They, Clearly, the penalty is not deserved. It's too severe. Please, guys, do something. Please. I cannot still believe it. We are P3 and P4, and they will put me out of the points for that, for a lot, one lap incident. So unfair. I cannot believe they do this to me. It's clear, Carlos. It's clear. Let's, uh, let's, let's finish that race and, and we'll discuss here. But let me at least discuss with the stewards. The stewards. Of course, we'll go and see them just after you get out of the car. What are your thoughts on that five-second time penalty? Uh, sorry, uh, right now I cannot talk. I'm too angry, too disappointed. Too... Uh, I just cannot cannot say anything. I prefer to go to Stuart's, uh, get the penalty away, because I don't think I deserve it, and it's the most unfair penalty I've seen in my life. So uh, I will go first to Stuart's, and then come by. I just need to come to a TV pen, because if I don't come, they put me another penalty. So. Up until that point, no. Sorry, the... I, I prefer not to talk. Okay. I'll come back later after going to Stuart. Yeah. It's just so heartbreaking. You can hear, like, he was, like, on the verge of tears at one point, right? And the last section that, that was played was um, at the press pit after the race. The drivers are required to go to the press pit. Um, and that's what he was saying is if I, I don't want to be answering questions, but if I'm not here, they're going to penalize me um, even more. But and they saved him two points because of, of yep. all of it. I just, uh, I mean, two points on his super license um, for that, which for Carlos, I think he usually has like one or two, like in a 12 month period. And so this, this is a new 12 month period um, or maybe not a new one. He might've had zero. Um, zero. Yeah, so in the 12 months, this is his first two. But I feel like for him, he's so passionate about his feeling on not having that five-second penalty that I just feel like this is adding insult to injury um, for him. And and I think, too, like watching in Austin and when George took Carlos out, yes, George got a five-second penalty on that first turn in Austin last year. But I don't recall hearing anything about him getting two super points on his license for that race. Like, so I think that for him, it really is just going to be adding insult to injury. I think he he's going to really take it personally. 
Yeah, and I think it's his passion afterwards and whatnot, him not agreeing and publicly not agreeing is my guess is why they did that. Yeah. But um, yeah. well, as we were talking later, and I know it's kind of skipping around a little bit in the aftermath, but it's part of that, you know, and that same incident, you know, while Carlos's started it and all the cascading after that, you know, Gasly, you know, hit on Ocon, took it on his own team, right? They took the two of them out, yeah. but he didn't get any points. And had he got points, he would have been suspended. Because yep. he would have been at his max points. Yep. So, you know, there's again conspiracy, think about it, speculation. Unless FIA comes out and tells us officially the difference, one could say, well, they're trying to keep him from being knocked out. Or because he took out his own teammate and it had no impact on anyone else on the team and anybody else's points. It's their own team, their own points. Whereas what science is, science is dead. Sorry, I know I'm messed up to say tired. <laughs> out so much right it had so much impact to the whole field that was left you know and then we ended up with 12 cars that finished the race which was yeah. insane yeah. i think it could be all of that i know um I, I think with ocon like you said he it was really just him and his teammate um they both went in front of the stewards and talked about it um but i do think the consensus there is like he was just drifting um after all the mayhem coming around that turn and I don't think he knew that Ocon was there. I think he just went into him and their tires hit. Um, but I could almost argue the same thing for signs. And, and even Fernando said in that post um, race press conference that he thought that the penalty was too harsh. He even said, listen, you have all of these cars coming down. This, and he didn't say this part, but the sun is in your face, right? The sun's in your eyes. Carlos was not, Carlos is not that kind of driver. He is not one of those people that I'm like, and I have a few where you think if mayhem's going to happen, they're going to cause it. And Carlos is not one of those drivers. And like Fernando was saying, sometimes you can't help, but that's where your car is headed. That's, you can't do anything about it. So, you know, whether or not I can see the five second penalty just because that's been given in other situations, um, it just absolutely sucks that it took him out of the points. I mean, he had a, he had a very good drive all day. Um, and I just think that's really a hard way to end. Yeah. And we're, we're recording many hours after the race. So the oh, decisions yeah. are made, they're set. Definitely. I don't see anything being undone at this point. Um, but no. and, and actually on that really quick, um, because it did happen on, it was like an on track penalty, that's why signs was trying to get them to like not assess that penalty. Then he wanted to go to the stewards. So he didn't want that to happen at that time because then, you know, you can't appeal those apparently, um, allegedly, I don't know. So that was supposedly one reason why he was really saying like, let me go. But I also think, you know, again, he's not one of those drivers. So he wants to plead his case, but also apparently Fred has said they are not going to appeal it. You know, people are saying you need to appeal. You need to appeal. He said, I don't think the FAA is going to change their mind, so we're not even going to bother. So they're not not appealing at all. And I'm thinking this is a penalties and stuff in the process is definitely going to be coming up on the grid basics coming soon. Because um, it's like, how do we do that? Because I don't even think the FIA knows the stewards know their own penalties. Like it changes freaking every week, and it's like, oh, but you bring up enough proof, and then we'll change it. It's fine. Like. <laughs> so, we'll pick up all of those. 
Well, let's do a recap. Just kind of, and then the other teams we've got. Um, um, Alpine, right? Yep, Alpine. They, I think, I, I think we can lump kind of Alpine and Williams together. So they both were having really great races. Um, Al, uh, Williams with Albon, and they all crashed out. But I think the the thing that um, afterwards with their team principal for Williams, and then um, SD and Pierre were on a plane heading, getting out of Dodge as quickly as they could. And they all were saying like on a positive note, we were actually up there. Our cars had pace. We were fighting with the big guys in the upper part of the top 10, right? So I do think as hard as it is to go away crashing out, they saw potential in their cars. Yeah, That's exciting. And I like that they're keeping that positive attitude. Me too. Me too. Then you had Haas and of course Haas uh, protested the results and then that, that, you is, that is about that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> they, didn't like the, they didn't like the restart order and they protested, but the stewards have come back and dismissed the protest and it's going to stand. But yeah. Um, I can say they would because he went from from P four right. He could have been P four at some points. It's a good yeah. amount of points that they missed out on because of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, Hulkenberg is a P four. What in the world? <laughs> which I mean, for part of me is like Hulkenberg, yeah, German. I like the idea of it, but I, again, I like that my man Alonzo still got his third place, so it's like I'm torn. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That works. Um, I, I, I do Hulkenberg. Go ahead. I was just saying, well, just with more points. We're going to go with the finish up with Hulkenberg. No, I was just going to say with Hulkenberg, um, he looked good all day. It wasn't even at the end, like, oh, he's in fourth. He was, yeah, yeah. he was in seventh. He was looking good all day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, McLaren did get points, right? That's great. Yeah. Oscar at home. Yes, his first points at home, and finally their first points of the season. Both of them, Lando and um, Oscar, got got points today. So good for them. Yeah, that them actually um that puts them they moved up in the standings that put them fifth yep. now so that put them yep. fifth in the standards for the constructors cup so and they moved up which is amazing that's i mean it was great for them williams was not happy because they said you know those are our competitors and they got points and we didn't but <laughs> but good for mclaren and i'm sure we'll hear from from zach brown today or tomorrow about how amazing <laughs> Then Alfa Romeo, uh, you know. Oh, I have my feelings about that. Um, so I love Joe and I love Botas. Do not get me wrong. But I do not know what is going on with Alfa Romeo because the entire race, just like the last two races, I think, um, they are at the very bottom. Botas is racing 19th, 20th, like somewhere in there. And the only reason they got up as high as they did is because they avoided all of the other stuff that was happening around them. All of the crashes, they avoided all of it. So an, an interesting stat is, you know, everybody had three pits, everybody, minimum three pits because of our, our, our red flags. Yeah. Um, Botas had six pits and Joe had five. Interesting. Yeah. This is this yeah. is coming from F1 stats. So I was looking yeah. at their stats and just to think of how many pits and how that, that impacted their race too. So what's going on with their strategy, their car yeah. that brings them into the pit that often? And that's the that's the largest number was six. Wow. That's Botox. Um, well, Sergeant had six. Oh, interesting. 
those are the two that had six beds, and then there was a handful that had five, a couple more had four, but of course everyone had three. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. I think that, you know, at, at the very least for the Alpha Romeos, I think they're very aware that this was, you know, this was a lucky day for them. Um, was Joe getting points? I don't think Botas ended up in the points, but um, Joe getting points. And so in their post-race video, they said, you know, we know we have a lot of work to do. So I think they're pretty aware of that. <laughs> This was yeah, just a lot. Right? Yeah, Joe, Joe got a ninth, so he got two points. Okay. So, and that's his first points of the season. And Yuki finally got points. I think he finished 10th instead of 11th. Botas got 11th, so he missed out on points. Okay. And and all of those people were bumped up because Signs got his penalty. And he yeah. finished in 12th yeah. of the 12 cars that were remaining on track. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so what do we have left? Because we definitely are over. We appreciate everyone sticking out with the longer ride this week because there's yeah. so much. Uh, so, so much. So we'll, So it ended, um, Max on top, Lewis second, and Fernando third. So on the podium, three world champions with 11 world titles between them. Again, mind-blowing to me. Amazing. And Diane's picks for the for the podium too. So, so, so oh yes, my picks for the podium. <laughs> Not the order you wanted, but I was just going with my heart on that one. Like they weren't didn't finish in the order I wanted them to, but I was just going with my heart. I thought, well, I mean Max isn't really in my heart, but um for Fernando <laughs> and Fernando and Lewis, yeah, I really wanted them to Yeah, be and I was torn between Lewis and, and George Russell. I was really hoping George Russell would eke it out, you know, but of course his cards that came out. Um and then there was some other stuff there at the end in the aftermath. We talked about the protest, we talked about uh, the science uh, penalty, but then there was I saw that report of a, a track invasion that one of the one of the sponsors from the Australian Grand Prix Grand Prix. Um, it, it is being investigated because, and the quote is, a large number of spectators managed to access the track while the race was ongoing and even got access to Hulken versus Haas, which had stopped at turn two while his red electrical light was flashing. So he had an electrical light flashing, and so he got out and stopped. And so they actually got into it. So um, they pulled that promoter in for a chat. And referred it to the World Motorsports Council for further investigation. I guess just I mean, a little too crazy in down under. Yeah, that is serious. Like very dangerous. What in the world are people thinking? I'm surprised that Hostel had a car left. I'm surprised people weren't out there like those little people on the Star Wars that just start taking every everything off the cars. <laughs> I don't remember what they're called, but that's all I'm envisioning are those little those little people with the little eyes and the taking yeah, take everything. Well, it's let's surprising. go through that list of stats. You've got a lot of great stats here. That there's there's a lot. There's a lot. I think I mean for one race, this was a lot. Okay, so we're gonna do a quick rundown of all the stats. This is the first F1 race in history to feature three red flags. It's the first time Red Bull has won the first three races of an F1 season, which I don't think bodes well for the rest of this season. Um, it was Verstappen, Verstappen's, oh my gosh, we are so tired. Um, it was Verstappen's 80th career podium um, finish. So that ties him with Senna's total. Holy moly. 
Um, Verstappen and Hamilton have now finished one, two in either order 34 times, which is more than any other driver pairing in history. And I think when you think about some of those classic driver pairings and um, rivalries, wow, like that is insane. Um, Fernando took his third consecutive podium, finished for the first time since 2013. So 10 years since the last time he did that. And then last but not least, the last time three world champions finished on the podium together was in Hungary in 2018. And it was Hamilton, Vettel, and good old Kimi Raikkonen, who I dearly miss. Yeah, so just and I love all the threes because three happens to be my favorite number. So this is oh, kind of a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Which is another three coming up three weeks until the next race. <sighs> I mean, honestly, at first I was like, "What am I going to do with myself for the next three weeks?" But I kind of need a little bit of a, a moment. I need I need a little time to come down off of this weekend. I <laughs> I'm so stressed out. I, I think we're going to have a lot of technical stuff we can follow you, put up on, and get some listeners, hopefully, give us some ideas. And um, yeah. yeah, there's just, there's so much to unpack. And I would imagine we're going to see some more aftermath over the next couple of days and this week. And I think so on. too. I think so too. I think our social media is going to continue to be very busy this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's the a sprint race. So that's one of the things we were going to cover too. One of them was the, the difference in sprint race and sprint race qualifying. So that'll be neat to, to talk about. Um, yep. And that, so uh, yeah, so there's only one last thing I think we haven't covered. I'm just going to say chaos. Michael Massey was in the podium or in the podium in the paddock this week. If you didn't know, now, you know, Michael Massey, former race director, shitster. Um, yeah. Caused all the issues in <laughs> that final race between Max and, and Lewis where Max won his first F, uh, F1 world championship. He was in the, he was in the paddock this week and chaos ensued. Is he, is, he, is he the agent of chaos then? Is that why we had the this chaos down under this week? I, it's wow. He is an agent of chaos. That's a good one. <laughs> we'll have to put a meme up about that. <laughs> a terrible at memes. You got to do that. <laughs> well, we are over uh, ooh, one an hour 20 almost. This has been a lot. We, we covered a lot. That, that's just wow. It, it's been a, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted too. Yep. <laughs> I got to go like, yeah, I don't even know. Sit on my couch and stare at a blank wall for a little bit. <laughs> well, as always, it's great sharing their race experiences with you. I'm so excited. We're getting closer and closer to doing it in person. And yeah. uh, I've done three weeks, but so we've got a couple weeks of prep and other discussion and maybe some more lighthearted stuff in between. Yes, definitely. Yep. So we will be back during these off weeks with more um, podcast fun. So every Tuesday, check us out. If you're listening to our podcast, please, please, please leave us a review um, and a uh, rating. Those are super important and it helps um, us know what you're liking and what you're not liking. So don't forget. Yeah, please do and find us on social media. We're about everywhere now. So we're just check us out. Thanks, everyone, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Thank you.